drop. Hey there, friends. This is Joe, StoryFort Assistant Director, and you're listening to StoryFort Presents, Voices of Treefort Music Fest, a weekly podcast that dives into the stories behind Boise's Festival of Discovery. This week, I'm popping in from my bedroom, which is unfortunately as close as I'll be able to get to our friends at Eavesdrop Studios until the quarantine is passed. Before the pandemic, we'd been holed away over at Eavesdrop, recording all kinds of podcasts, highlighting the diverse and wonderful voices that make up our favorite festival. And now that everything has been postponed, we think it's just as important as ever to keep bringing them to you. Just as a heads up, this episode was recorded in a, I guess, a happier time. Any of the specific dates we mention aren't really relevant any longer, and some of the specific talent mentioned may have had to change their plans. But the enthusiasm and love will always stay the same. In this episode, my StoryFort team member Forrest and I were lucky enough to sit down with Sean and Mike from Hackfort to talk about the intersection of technology and story. We ended up talking a lot about a shared passion of ours, which is video games. And little did I know that in the coming months that topic was going to become even more important to me, as the stories told through these games and experiences like them has really been one of the best bright spots in an otherwise dreary quarantine experience for me. I hope this episode can be a little bright spot in the week for you, and I'm so glad you're here listening with us. Please, stay safe out there, friends, and take care of each other. We'll get through this by working together. Enjoy the episode, and until we can see you again in person, know that the StoryFort team and I are sending you our love, and we can't wait to finally see you at the fest. You're listening to StoryFort Presents Voices of Treefort Music Fest, a weekly podcast that dives into the stories behind Boise's Festival of Discovery. Treefort Music Fest brings in hundreds of artists from all over the globe every March, and we're here to tell you about all things Treefort. My name's Joe Davidson. I'm the assistant director of the StoryFort, and I'm joined by my co-host today, Forrest. Forrest Gerlach. I am also an assistant here at StoryFort. Excellent. And we have the Hackfort guys back in the studio. Do you guys want to just do, introduce yourselves again real quick? Yeah, I'm, I'm Sean Wakely. I'm the director of Hackfort. And I'm Mike Taylor, and I'm the assistant director. All right. Well, welcome back, guys. You have a good holiday season? Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. Super low-key. Just nice. done nothing but play video games, pretty much. Heck yeah. God, I, I'm jealous. I, I'm sure that'll <laughs> come up again in a few minutes. For our listeners... We're recording this just a couple of days after Christmas, so it might not be the holiday season for you. But anyway, I was kind of thinking we could start out just talking like, you know, we're a storytellers. The story for it's all about stories. And I think like Hackfort can be too, right? So it could be interesting to talk about like the intersection of technology and storytelling maybe. Or when I say that phrase, what does that spark in your minds? To me, I mean, gaming's the obvious one so far, from what I'm thinking of anyway. It's just having interactive storytelling, right. it's like it's kind of a new medium where you actually are the character in either first-person mode or third-person mode. And so, like, it's a brave new world. Yeah, <laughs> I hear it described a lot on, you know, the because, you know, we're gamers too, so I read a lot of gaming blogs and stuff, and I hear it touted as, like, the new frontier for storytelling, especially when you talk about things like VR. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I know you guys do a lot of VR stuff, right, with Hackpoint? Yeah, you know that that's something that's you know definitely one of the newer subjects in the whole genre of gaming is this whole the whole VR world. And VR is kind of you know it's been on its roller coaster ride of ups and downs, but I think we are finally getting to this point where we're getting content that's like, oh whoa, I just was in a world a completely different world for a few hours, and I you know I was fighting aliens or I was doing something and I you you get immer- way more immersed than ever before so the options for storytelling are kind of profound and Valve you know they just recently announced their new episode of Half-Life called Alex which oh, is coming yeah. out you know and the whole community is just like if, if Valve's releasing a Half-Life game that's VR only that's got to be something <laughs> right <laughs> Forrest is like raising his fists in the air and cheering so he's excited. super excited yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's super cool. I'm really excited for it. Are you guys gonna pick it up? Are you gonna? Yeah, I mean, Mike, Mike and I are definitely all in, and you know, we're both talking about getting even Valve's new headset just because it's optimized, of course, for yeah. the game, and of course, it's expensive. But it's like, man, it'd be nice to have one of those at for it. It'd be oh, that would be so cool. Let people try it out. Yeah, and, yeah, it's huge. I mean, you know, the gaming genre. You know, obviously, we've had it for years, and stories that games can tell can be incredibly meaningful. And I think that's why the community of gamers has been so. You know, games like Half Life, games like like Legend of Zelda, you have these fan bases that are just rabid for the yeah. next chapter because the storytelling is just so immersive, right? You become the character. <laughs> and there's so many people that don't even realize. They think of video games as, you know, something they play on their phone or like Mario. Right. Like <laughs> Tetris. So there's a very small percentage of people even realize how good these stories actually are. Yeah, I've noticed that. It's strange because it kind of still gets written off in this day and age of like, oh, there's just dudes in their man cave playing with their PlayStations, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So like speaking of stories and games, do you guys have favorite stories of games that really drew you in specifically because of the storytelling? I'd say the first game I remember doing that was probably Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was in high school when I played it and even then the graphics weren't good (laughs) but what kept me going was the big story and the big narrative and the big cutscenes, and there was so much going on yeah and you got invested in the characters because you kept playing with them and there's one scene in that game that's everyone knows about (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) and that moment, I was like, that was like the first time I realized like games could actually tell good stories. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people cite that one. Uh, what about you, Sean? I mean, for me, it's, you know, Final Fantasy VII's up there, but, you know, Metal Gear Solid, Ooh. also on the PlayStation, which is funny, at the same time, uh, that game, you know, was was the first game that really had, like, it was like you were playing a movie, right? You have all these cutscenes. It's a pretty deep story, and I think what Hideo did that really blew me away is he really tried to educate the player on like nuclear missile disarmament and like yeah. the problems of the nuclear age and how it still hasn't gone away. And there's like this really big context to this story about this guy who's trying to stop these special forces agents, you know. And it it just yeah, profound story, you know. And I've I've played every Metal Gear game. I'm now currently playing Death Stranding, which is Hideo's newest yeah. game, which is completely different but he's such a good storyteller i can't get enough you know norman reedus is you're playing Norman reedus you're basically like a glorified delivery boy (laughs) but the story i'm just like oh my god i have no idea what's going on here but i have to keep playing through this hopefully i'll get some context nice (laughs) forrest do you have a game that sticks out in your memory as like what really pulled you to you know, games can be storytelling mediums. Oh, geez. Uh, I have a few examples. 
I think the one that always sticks out in my mind as far as like video game storytelling stuff is the Stanley Parable, Ooh. which is just this, it's this very surreal like adventure game where this narrator says like, you know, Stanley was a worker in the office cubicle. When he gets to the set of two doors, Stanley took the one on the left. And obviously like what he wants you to do is follow his directions to a T. But once you start going off in other directions, the entire game gets derailed and the narrator's just yelling at you for not doing the right thing. And then it kind of It's hard to like describe without giving too much away, but essentially it's like a giant commentary on like storytelling and in the video game medium specifically and commenting on like what choice actually means in these types of games (laughs) and what the character is actually capable of. If that makes sense. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, I think, you know, that's a, a new venue that you really couldn't do in a book. Like, one of the things that really got me when I was younger is when I first got Oblivion on my 360, uh, the mm-hmm. Elder Scrolls game. Like, you know, there there is a story to that game, but it's one of those ones where you're making your own story as you play as a character, which I think is super interesting to me as, as a writer and a storyteller is they're plopping kids in, and you can do whatever you want. You don't have to follow that main quest line. You can go, like, make your axes and help out random villagers and buy vegetables. And, like, you can't do that with a book. Right. So yeah, stories and games. There's so many ways you can do it now, and that's another cool. Like Dark Souls, for example. There's hardly any story other than like a a first like cutscene in the game. Right. And then the rest of the story is pretty much the environment and item descriptions that you can pick up and read, and then you kind of just piece together what's going on yourself. Oh yeah, yeah, that is really cool. That also encourages you to go online to these forums and talk about it and watch like videos of other people explaining it. So it like enriches that experience. it cultivates yeah. a community around it, too. Well, and I think something else that uh, Dark Souls in particular really excels at, too, is not just, like, the story in the game, but the stories the players tell around the game, too, or about <laughs> yeah. the game. I still remember the Capra team and everybody talking about that and, like, I can't get past this thing. Yeah. These stupid dogs. <laughs> they won't let me by. I hate those two um, dogs. But, like, every, you know, the stories usually ended, if they didn't end with, so, yeah, I put the game down. Yeah. It, they usually ended with, like, some sort of, like, triumph and like, you know, after this many attempts, I finally did it. And I mean, this sort of a story in and of itself too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's a really good point for us. Like, you know, I think one thing that's interesting about where games are at now is even if a game doesn't necessarily have a narrative, it's the story that you and your friends might make right. together, right? You know, and like Mike, our friends have been playing this game called The Forest. You know, oh. <laughs> it's, you know, set and setting. You know, you're in this forest. You're trying to build, you know, a, a base, and and then you get attacked by monsters and stuff at night. But it's like every night, you guys probably make your own story that's oh, hilarious. Yeah. It's oh, funny. Yeah. It's scary. But you're doing that together, and you remember it as a group. You know, that one night we built that base, right. and this happened. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's like it's building a community and telling yeah. a story with you know friends. Maybe you didn't even have those friends before. For the games, yeah. are you streaming? Like when you do that, are people watching or not usually? Okay, <laughs> I, I'll stream occasionally, and then like my mom will watch it, like on Facebook or something. <laughs> 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 Because I think that's another really interesting like part of games and storytelling now is that you can be watching someone play a game on the other side of the world, but you're still participating mm-hmm. with them. I watch a lot of streams. Yeah, yeah, um, and like I'm interested in streaming. Sean and I are interested in streaming together. So right, you were talking about that the other day when we uh, yeah met up and we're going to record this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're still working on it. We'll get we'll get it there. Yeah. Do you do like much streaming at Hackfort at all, or we might? Uh, well, this year we're bringing someone on that is potentially going to be doing like a live stream, and then also 
bringing this rig that allows her to stream live all around Treefort. Oh, that's so cool. It's like a backpack that, like, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Oh, wow. So we're really, I really hope we can figure that out and make it work. Oh, that would be, be so really, cool. Really cool. The only issue is, obviously, cellular connections and stuff can be spotty during the festival mm. because there's so many phones around. But yeah. Hopefully it works. I've experienced that, definitely. Yeah. Trying to <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> running down 8th Street, like, i, I got to call my boss. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, interesting. So, lost my train of thought really hard. Right now, I'm just thinking about a streaming, streaming. backpack, and that is so cool. Yeah, it is cool. Like, we yeah. didn't know about it. it she like, brought awesome. it to us, and we're like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. Find out <laughs> how much it is to rent, and we'll see if we can figure that out. That's so cool, because that's a, just another, like, really interesting way to experience, like, yeah. all the crazy stuff that's happening yep. at Treefort. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm also kind of interested in asking you guys, how long have you been in Boise? I've been here for 12 years now. Almost 13, I guess. 13 years. Yeah. Like, six, seven years. Okay, interesting, because, you know, I, I was born here. I've grown yeah. up here, and it's interesting watching Boise grow into more of, like, a technological hub in a way. There's all sorts of interesting things happening. Is there anything you guys see in the future, like, Boise-wise, for, like, technology that lends itself to embracing stories and helping people tell their stories, that sort of thing? I mean, I see, you know, with, with like, Tree Four and, you know, a lot of these community events, I just see this big opportunity for us to really get together more, to share ideas. And, you know, like the Boise Land, which is like a sister event of ours, where we right, get the, yeah. the, all the gamers together. It's really cool what comes from that because you you just get these people together that normally are at home, right? And that's just another way of getting these communities to intermingle and share ideas and thoughts, you know, and even the Boise land, I've seen it evolve from just guys and computers. So now we have fighting game tournaments. We have, yeah, all, you know, it's yeah. just slowly growing bigger and bigger. And it's just really cool that, that, you know, someone finds out about the thing and says, oh, well, what if we have a tournament there? And we're like, well, why not? You know, and then, <laughs> you know, and then it's like, it just keeps growing. And it's just really fun to see the community. There's all these communities you wouldn't know about otherwise that exist, you know, and they're all slowly coming out of the shadows as it were you right, know and, yeah you know even the board game community you know we'll be working with them and it's like man the board game community is in many ways bigger than the gaming community yeah it's now. huge <laughs> in town you know we've oh, got a gaming cafe now and it's crazy yeah. yeah you know and again it's this is just getting people out of their home and getting them just hanging out together meeting each other and that's really cool you know and i think any growing city is going to have more and more of that but it's cool to see boise finally flushing some of that out right you know <laughs> as a kid in high school here i never would have i never would have imagined that uh you know when i grew up there'd be places to play games i could go and play games with other people mm-hmm. and i think that's like that's really special mm, totally totally i know um bsu is working on like a they have like a vr it's like a vertical slice project right now but they're having students come in and take like vr field trips and i was literally just reading the article before i came in here <laughs> But they have a thing where they're integrating VR into education and lessons now, which is pretty extraordinary. Um, Oh, yeah. That is cool. VR and education is huge. Yeah. That's probably one of the best ways to learn a new skill or task or Mm -hmm. anything. If you develop it right, doing the thing that you're being trained to do without actually doing it. And so when you actually go to do it, you have this experience already. So it's it's going to be a game changer. That's mm-hmm. nuts. Yeah, because I was reading that part of the reason VR technology is progressing as fast as it is is because, like, hospitals and, and surgeons are using it, mm-hmm. and that's driving the prices down so that people like us can have our VR headsets. Because um, yeah. you can just imagine, you know, why practice on a, a real person when you can right. virtually uh, slice someone open? Right? Now they're talking Surgeon about, simulator. Yeah. <laughs> now they're talking about with 5G that 
you can actually be in a headset and do a surgery from anywhere in the world. No way. In real time. Oh, my God. Oh. Sean's skeptical, I think, about oh, wow. 5G. But... I'm extremely skeptical, but um, <laughs> I just think that marketing is way ahead of what the tech will actually be able to do. But I haven't read it all about I'm, it. Summarize it for like, me real we'll quick, probably, I mean, it's just it's just the next generation of, of wireless tech, yeah, you know, yeah. like LTE. You know, it's just the fifth generation. And, you know, potentially it can do like a gigabit of throughput, but... In the real world, we'll we'll see. I'm a network engineer, though. At okay, heart, so, that like, makes I'm sense. Very yeah. skeptical. About I believe all numbers. the all the marketing hype. So, <laughs> yeah. My my uh, only experience with 5G is uh, a friend of mine's crazy brother sharing uh, conspiracy theories about how 5G is going to mind control everyone. Yeah, oh, yeah, there's a lot of that, That's and the fun. radiation, and the you know. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's just. But I mean, <laughs> if it, if it's going to allow us to do surgeries uh, yeah. through a headset across the world, yeah. and you know, a little mind control, worth it, worth it. Yeah, I just don't know why it needs to be wireless. Like, why doesn't he just get, like, a 100 gigabit direct connection to the headset where it's going to have, like, zero latency? I don't know. I, it's just that's – I don't oh, get why people yeah. are so attached to wireless because wireless is not faster than that's true. ever yeah. will be. Anyways. Whatever, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to go back to the games we've played then for a minute. Can you think of any other – like, what is probably the best story of all time mm. you've ever experienced in a game? Oof. That's a tough question. <laughs> I mean, arguably – the Last of Us is the best, I would say, is the best storytelling ever in a game. But, you know, it's debatable. There's other great stories. But Last of Us, to me, the story itself did such an incredible job of making you fall in love with these characters and really become attached. So when certain elements of the story unfolded, you were very, very torn, very, like, a, you know, you're so attached to these characters. You're like, no, no, that can't, this can't be happening. You know, oh, man. And, yeah. you know, it, it just makes it so deep, you know, from that standpoint. And I don't think I'd ever played a game that had done that, you know, where I was like, no way. You know, there's a lot of twists, a lot of turns. and Right. Yeah. And, and real quick for our listeners who might not yeah. know what The yeah. Last of Us is, give me like a quick spoiler-free... Uh... Yeah, the, the Last of Us takes place kind of in a post-apocalyptic world where there's a an infection spreading throughout the world that turns people into zombies, essentially. Okay. Yeah. But it's a very, like, thoughtful game. Like, the infection kind of mirrors an actual infection in our real world that infects uh, insects. Oh, it's okay. It's a fungus. Yeah. So it's like a, it's a oh, fungus that spread uh, to humans, I think it's cordyceps. Yeah, cordyceps. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, it's... <laughs> Very, it's a very interesting story, but it, you know, it follows a, a man who had lost his daughter early on in the outbreak, and he gets tasked with taking this girl to this organization that might be able to find a cure. She has like a reception to the or a resistance to the oh, disease, okay, and he's trying to help her find these people. And you play as the guy, like, yep. okay, interesting. And, it, and doesn't it skip around? Don't you play as her a little bit, or is that just the yeah. prequel part? You might play as her a little bit in the game yeah, as well. You do. Yeah, you do. You jump. You you get a you get to switch characters, which is great because they use that as a tool to kind of let you learn a little more about each character. And, oh, that's you know, a really interesting way to experience the story. Yeah, yeah, and it's just yeah. I mean, it's it's a bleak <laughs> story. Obviously, it's post it's you know, post basically United States falling to nothing. You know, and there's all these Ooh. there's all these people. There's zombies, and honestly, the people are the scariest part of the game. The zombies are like. You know, they're scary, but I think the people are what make it really scary. <laughs> I always hear that when people talk about the apocalypse, too, yeah. theoretically, like, oh, no, the, the people are going to be the problem, not the, yeah. you know, X monster, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. 
Well, and uh, just to kind of piggyback really quickly, what The Last of Us, I feel like what that game does super well, too, is that it sort of presents like a familiar scenario, like zombie outbreak, get from one side to the other. But by putting you in the shoes of the main characters, of Joel and Ellie, it lets you kind of experience this firsthand, and it really takes its time in doing so. So it, like, even though on the surface it's kind of a familiar story, when you really get into it, there's so much detail, and everything feels so fleshed out in general that it really feels different than, like, watching The Walking Dead or reading The Road or something like that. It's its own beast. Totally. Yeah, and again, it's that it goes into like you 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 learn all about these characters, and you start to go, mm-hmm. whoa, they have this story, and how they act to each other and treat each other kind of lends them to their past, and yeah, you just you end up really falling into that, you know. And, and you're really, you're actually in their shoes yeah. as you experience that. Huh? Yeah, and in the story too, you know, it's told in chapters, and they do they jumps around, so it gives you breadth to the world they're in too, right? There's like a winter part, there's you know a city part, there's a wooded part, you know, and you kind of move around this, you know, makes it gives you this big depth to this world, which I think really helps too kind of show you yeah yeah so are you excited for last of us part two or? i am <laughs> when is that supposed to drop this march i think yeah i think they moved it to march i got delayed again and which is funny because mike and i have been in contact with one of the lead writers from naughty dog oh yeah yeah and we've been trying to bring him to hackport and like the last two years he's like oh man sorry like super busy with this project which he couldn't <laughs> the first time he couldn't really say what project and now he's like he's like yeah game got delayed sorry like you know oh, he's like funny, hit me up yeah. next year i'm super interested so we really might get him which i'd love to collaborate with story for it on that yeah and that like, would be cool is, i just think he's this modern storyteller it'd be really cool to hear his take on storytelling and wow. how it's I love itself that. to video games and yeah because you know, we've and, uh worked with y'all with like Anne lamont right yeah from, uh, yeah uh, ubisoft and ubisoft Montreal. yeah 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 which they move around i think she's at wb, WB games, games now games, yeah. yeah oh that <laughs> yeah. sounds right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a great crew. Cool. Well, Mike, what about you? What's your like all-time story game? I've been racking my brain this yeah. whole time. <laughs> you look panicked when I turn to this. <laughs> I'm still panicked. I'm going to have to list a, like an old one and a newer one. Okay, yeah. Like Chrono Cross is probably oh. up there. Um, I guess I, as far as storytelling goes, I guess like JRPGs are the ones that I, <laughs> I mean, tend good. to really like. <laughs> Probably just because there's so there's so much there. Right for the uh, the listeners at home, that's a that's a Japanese uh, role playing game. Right. But Chrono Cross, what they did really well is have an amazing soundtrack to go along with their game. So they really it, the the setting like was very cinematic and, and it gave you the right kind of moods and tones for the cool. for the game. Yeah, which is another thing you can't have like traditionally with like you know just a written story is mm-hmm. the music accompanying it unless you. You know, queue up your own Spotify playlist yeah. or something. Yeah, and then I guess recently uh, Horizon Zero Dawn and mm. for the PlayStation Four, that game was surprisingly really awesome. Yeah, and I played through the beginning of that. It was really fun. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of like story elements you can discover yourself, and then hours and hours of cutscenes and direct like dialogue which normally i'm very impatient in my games <laughs> i like to skip stuff uh, but for that game I, I was pretty enthralled nice so forest as someone who's played a lot of like the really weird indie titles do you have a, oh man a favorite storytelling game that's going to surprise us i have a few <laughs> i'm assuming i can't reuse the stanley parable no let's do something else like i mean unless that is your number one give us another um let's see i think the one 
that sticks in my head. It's a uh, it's kind of a weird game. It's called Near N I E R. And the original game is kind of weird because like it has one of the best stories I've ever like experienced. The gameplay is kind of poopy. Um but <laughs> It's a really weird one in that it's sort of, it follows like JRPG conventions, like a lot that you see in those types of games. So like the main character has amnesia, they have somebody they know that is sick and needs to go and save them. And along the way, they meet up with a bunch of uh, weird people. And then halfway through the game, there's this really weird tonal shift. And basically, it starts deconstructing all of those tropes that are so commonly used. Hmm. And it begins turning them in a way that the character you're playing is, he starts to go from like the hero to borderline villain. (laughs) But you don't really notice that in the moments. And it's like one of those things, like it's pretty disturbing in all honesty. I had to put the game down a couple times, but like it really, that one really got me because for one, it's something like, I don't know how you would pull that off in any other medium and still somehow make the main character sort of sympathetic. And yeah, no, there's a lot to say about that game and I'm trying to like <laughs> say it concisely. Yeah. Did you play the sequel? I did. Okay. I, I actually have a tattoo oh. a tattoo of it <laughs> okay. on my arm. So Well, the tattoo kind of, I mean, <laughs> dang, Nier's yeah. definitely, I mean, I mm-hmm. haven't played Automata, but I've had so mm. many people say like, you have to play this game. It's, you have to play it at least three times through. Wonderful, yeah. You have to like, because the story changes every time you play it, right? Because you play from different yeah, characters and it like, yeah. yeah. essentially, yeah, Automata is another game yeah. that I absolutely adore. <laughs> yeah. And um, basically, yeah, it changes each time. So like the first two times, it's the same story from multiple perspectives. And then after that, it starts getting weird. And I don't want to <laughs> say too much more than that. Wow. So, Yeah, no, that, I've heard nothing but good things about that mm-hmm. game. That's interesting because that's another thing that you can't really, when you're reading a short story or a book or whatever, it's not going to change. Like yeah. the written word is the written word and like your yeah. decisions can't affect it. There's, I mean, well, you could argue that like context makes the story feel different on like another read or another viewing, but sure, right. But sure. it's not like Undertale where, you know, my choices are going to dramatically yeah. change the weirdness of the story as I read through it. Unless maybe if you're reading a choose your own own adventure, you remember those? those yeah, yeah. <laughs> Flip to page. Yeah. <laughs> and then you'd be like, I don't want to do that. I'm flipping back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's way more uh it's way more convenient to be able to push a button on your keyboard. <laughs> yeah. What so, if you've only ever chose your own adventure one time in those books and then you couldn't ever read another I would have a lot of short choose your own adventure (laughs) books yeah I would die every time (laughs) yeah just went alright well this book sucked (laughs) the one adventure just oof so are you you guys big readers at all I used to read a lot I haven't been you know unfortunately I read I spend a lot too much time reading on like blogs and tech blogs now and not as much reading books I, I love books when I get the time to read them, but you know I'm working on Hackboard all the time, so I'm always just kind of stay up on technology and video games. Yeah, it's <laughs> tough to balance all that and try to sit down yeah. with a book. What yeah. about you, Mike? You had... I recently discovered audiobooks, so I'm getting my books from audiobooks now. Nice. Um, That's a good way to do it. You got it. a good recommendation yeah. for me? Oh, uh, gosh. For when my book runs out, I'm almost done. Um, have you listened to The Count of Monte Cristo yet? I, I actually haven't. That's one of my favorite books that I read in high school, though. <laughs> well, so. might be worth a revisit because that's awesome. And How it's long is like it? like <laughs> 50 hours or something. Yeah. That would get me through several of my yeah. commutes from Eagle to Boise. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I don't know. I've I've listened to a lot lately because the library. I don't know if you guys know this, but the public library. You just put it into overdrive.com, and then you get access to like thousands and thousands of audiobooks for free. Oh, that's pretty cool. I didn't know that actually. Yeah, yeah. I probably should have known that. Uh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we uh, we love our public libraries. Yeah, yeah. Important story for it. Mm-hmm. We, we all do. I think Tac Fort too. We're yeah, all bringing... the forts. Yeah, <laughs> no, but they're awesome. Yeah. yeah, Boise Public Library for the win. Heck yeah! <laughs> I just oh man, the librarians there have saved our bacon more times than I can count actually. <laughs> So, you know, for I, I have a feeling that this podcast hasn't aired yet um, at all. We It's launching on the 1st of January, so we're not sure what our our listenership is going to be like. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling it'll probably tend towards the more, you know, literary-minded or, sure. you know, music-minded. So for people that don't get to play a lot of games and haven't actually firsthand experienced how amazing the storytelling could be, do you have a place where you could be like, start here. This is the, you know, for the for the newbie or, you know, the... You know, the nice thing is, is there are places you can go to experience games, especially VR. So in Boise, we do have a, you know, a couple or places where you can do VR. A VR one, uh, that's not Meridian, correct? But he, arcade. Yeah, and he's opening one, I think, in Boise as well. Oh, so, cool. Okay. Yeah, but it's not to be announced. But he that's a great place. If you've never done virtual reality, you can go, you can pay to play VR. And he's got all the games. Nice. Um, so, you know, if you want to dip your toes in that, that's a great place. I think you can actually check out games at the library. Oh yeah, library also has a bunch of <laughs> Do they have consoles games. too? Or do they just have the games? Mm, I think it's just I think just they games. just have the games. But you can rent games. You know, and you know, it's hard to say whether you should jump into like a big console, but like, you know, the Nintendo Switch for what it is, it's not that expensive. It's amazing. There's a lot of great games. Nintendo's just done such a good job. So if you're new to gaming, I think Nintendo is the tried and true. Yeah. Dip your toes in there. Get Mario. Get Zelda. Get you know. Get these these games that are really popular and have a great following. You know. And there's a lot of indie games on the Switch now. Almost every big indie game has pretty much been ported to the Switch, so you can download them through their virtual store, which is really really cool. That is cool. Yeah, I, I love my Switch. And yeah. got Hollow Knight on it, you know, day one when I got my Switch. Speaking of indie games, that was mm-hmm. fun. And another avenue is uh, you could also come to Hackport. We're going to have definitely have some games and virtual reality set up. And, you know, it's a great place just to demo some stuff. And um, hopefully we'll even have like a, a playroom. Mike and I are still trying to work on that, though. But we'll have stuff set up for people to play and, you know, check out and talk. Awesome. The Boise Land is also going to, we're still finalizing that, but that should be going on doing Treefort. And that's where people can pay to bring their PC and set up. But you can also come check it out. Oh, and, that's you know. cool. Yeah. That's yeah, a big thing on my list yeah. this year is I want to see more Hackfort stuff because. I've always had to work a different panel when y'all are doing stuff that I want to see, but yeah. this year I get to set more of my own schedule. Good. So. <laughs> nice. Well, and then the last thing I can think of is Boise State actually has the eSports College. Oh. And that is downtown, and we're definitely planning on collabor- collaborating with them to have their doors open. They're right in the Venture College downtown in Boise. But you can go there during the week. Their doors are open. They have PCs set up with games, so you can try them. You can watch the competitive eSports, which is a whole nother topic but you can you know it's really cool boise state's really gone all in on on video games which is fascinating that that's the time we live in that is crazy you know someone i've been in and out of boise state since 2009 for various programs and stuff and i never would have imagined that they get an esports section that's so cool yeah yeah (laughs) it's grown so much when when boise state's esports program started they were i think seventh their seventh or ninth college to have a program and now Now there's like 140 or so, and it keeps growing. Wow. 
That's crazy. Yeah. Any other thoughts, Forrest, on where people could get started if they want to experience video game storytelling for themselves? I mean, I think I think they covered it yeah. really well, to be honest. So Sweet. Any last things you guys want to plug uh, for Hackfort or Boise and or technology in Boise? Uh, we can talk about the three people we've announced so far. Yeah, sure, Mike. You want to start with that? Melody Sheep is somebody we're bringing down. He's done a lot of really cool YouTube videos about science, technology, and he uses music uh, oh, cool. and auto-tune. And oh, okay. No, I've seen those videos. Yeah. yeah. So his first real popular one was a Carl Sagan yeah. video called I... A Glorious Dawn. And that one was really awesome. For... Definitely <laughs> influence on us, for sure. Yeah. Our whole group of friends couldn't stop playing that video. For yeah, I remember when that was making the rounds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but since then, you know, he's he's done stuff for PBS. He's made, like, tributes for Bob Ross and cool. really talented John yeah I mean his new stuff they're like 30 minute videos but about space time about life and he's gonna be he's gonna show one of his videos at Hackfort he's also planning on potentially showing like all of or some of one that's not released yet Ooh. and he's gonna do a Q&A I mean and he's a storyteller I mean his new stuff's really right? good yeah. so I mean anyone who's interested in science technology music this guy kind of fits the bill for tree fort hack mm -hmm. fort story fort yeah. and he's he's kind of and he's he's never done a festival before and mike and i are like dude you're gonna be a <laughs> we're gonna see you back here that's <laughs> you so know, cool. i'm excited he's he's really nice so that's a cool one <laughs> mm -hmm. and you said there's, there's two more you've announced yeah. right yeah there's chad ray and yeah. kathleen cohen which we've both had I'd hack for it before. Yeah, Kathleen. Um, I don't know if you guys saw her before, but she's she's a really really talented woman. Her piece is kind of about AI and our personalities and like having a digital persona online. And so she's bringing a new piece this year that's kind of revolving around that and just your persona. And she's also going to be working with Storyfort. I know they're working. They're bringing a uh, screenwriter down. I think they're also going to be talking about that, the confluence of virtual reality. Right, and yeah. Storytelling. Yeah, we have a, I think it's going to be a panel. We're still yeah. figuring it out, but a panel on, you know, AI and storytelling and, you know, how you should be treating the artificial intelligences. It sounds really cool. I'm excited <laughs> yeah. to get more details she's, on that. She's great. So that, that'll be really fun. We love to have Kathleen back. She's such a big proponent of Tree Fort and what yeah. we all do. So, you know, she's. She's always pitching me, like, hey, you should invite this person. And I'm like, anything, Kathleen, <laughs> anything you bring me, I'm, I'm stoked. So we're excited <laughs> for her. Um, and then Chad, his first year last year, he's kind of like a, they call, he calls himself a, a digital artivist. Ooh. So like hacktivist. Yeah, or, yeah. You know. <laughs> but he, uh, he's great. He's an incredibly talented artist, and he has done graphic design all over the industry and he's actually going to be doing a workshop this year to kind of show people you know i actually don't know the exact details he's still kind of working on the write-up but he was real excited to bring a workshop to hack for you know something around the lines of like you know media graphic design and you know being a storyteller in that in that regard so sweet that Very sounds talented. super awesome. cool yeah and that that's gonna be fun i mean chad's awesome in general so i highly recommend checking out that workshop yeah it will do um and I don't have the right notebook, so I'm not sure what point this episode is going to air. So listeners, <laughs> if this is before uh, Hackfort, <laughs> definitely go to those. If it's after, you know what you missed out on, yep. <laughs> and you should come back next year. <laughs> or uh, if you went there, tell us what you thought. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hit us <laughs> yeah. up on social media. Uh, you can buy Treefort tickets at treefortmusicfest.com. Treefort's on all the social medias, at Treefort Fest. 
Uh, Hackfort is at Hackfortfest everywhere, yep. right? Yep. yep. Uh, you can see Storyfort stuff at Storyfortfest on all the social <laughs> medias. Um, and we're in Eavesdrop Studios, which is ease-drop.com. So huge shout out to them for having us today. Yeah, thanks for coming in, guys. Yeah, yeah you bet. You that was much. fun. Thank you. Mm-hmm. We'll see you at the fest. Well, <laughs> we'll all, be there. Let's all play video games together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's real music. Tomorrow never came.